Welcome to the Trendy Scoop. I am your host, Claudia Savage. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is our first episode of Semester 2. And first episode, like, in the studio. I've been feeling the proper bigger studio vibes. Feeling like a proper video presenter right now. And I'm also here with my gorgeous, fabulous tech lady, Robin. Who has been helping me out throughout the year with editing the show. So it's so good to be able to record it with her in person. And they, we do have a really, really exciting episode coming up this week. I was lucky enough to get to talking to Matthew McNabb, who you remember, may remember from Love Island. He is currently on Dance with the Stars Ireland. So we were talking about his Love Island journey, like the experience of all that, because we all know like from different things that be going on on Twitter and everything, like how crazy it is, that experience. So we were talking about that. We were talking about his, his current stint on Dance with the Stars, how he's finding that show. And just about his motivational fitness content. So if anyone's been falling off the wagon with their uh, New Year's resolutions, then that is going to be the interview to listen to. That is coming up on this show. I was also lucky enough to get talking to Odrin Johnson. And we were talking about just a load of films. I was saying he is, has been in really, really great written film reviews on Queen's Radio, Facebook and Instagram. So if you're not on the socials, quick, go get on them. So we were talking about films talking about some of the best films in 2021 and films we're looking forward to in 2022 and we're also going to have a wee quick new music rundown and that is all coming up on this week's episode of the trendy scoop and i'm joined now with matthew McNabb, ex love island villa turned a uh, pro pro dancer do we think it's fair to say that yet <laughs> give me another couple of weeks Possibly, um, if I get those weeks anyway, like, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'm quite there yet, but I'm trying my best anyway. I'm sure that's all we can do. Well, start off, how are you this morning? Yeah, good. I, uh, I slept in a little earlier this morning because um, I uh, take rest where I can. Like, I was I was working uh, 24-7 with all the dancing seven days a week, so it's, like, nice when you get a wee rest. I don't start dance practice till three today so I'm going to hit the gym and then do a bit of work and then go go to dance practice until like 10 o'clock at night or something I don't know <laughs> oh my god it's just flat out there it is dancing is unbelievable like I've got so much respect for pro dancers they're they're just the commitment level is unbelievable seven days a week like all day essentially like your body and it's just week on week especially the, the dancing with the stars it's week on week if you stay in then you just continually going because you want to stay in the competition you want to keep going and improve you got a new dance to learn each week new steps new style everything it's crazy yeah so when you're a couple up with laura nolan so how are you enjoying working with her is she really putting you through uh, your like yeah she she's brilliant like she's like we get on like a house on fire um but she she is very mentally tough like so <laughs> she um she's she's nice um in the sense where she um she's she doesn't drill me too hard like but she she does uh crack the whip when it needs to be but to be honest we uh we're very like-minded in the sense that uh, we both really want to do well and we'll both work hard put in the hours and stuff um, and we'll have great crack like so she's brilliant like but uh, she was telling me all about her hell week and stuff and i was like jeepers dancers are just another level it really is so how did you what made you sort of want to go on to dancing with stars how did that come about um what came about is um my agent just reached out to me and said would you be up for dancing in tv i'd be like yes 
I didn't, that was it. <laughs> she was like, she was like that, that was all she said to me. I was just like, yes. <laughs> um, so she reached out to me and then uh, she told me more about it. I was like, absolutely. So the whole reason behind it is I, as same with the Love Island thing as well. I, I didn't apply for Love Island either. I just, when an opportunity presents itself, I always say yes, because number one, it puts me out of, outside my comfort zone. And that's where you grow. That's where you improve. And number two, it's an adventure. It's good crack, like see what happens. Life for a living, experiencing new things. Yeah, definitely. But is there anything about dance that, as you're saying, you sort of just threw yourself in it? Is there any like element of it that you found unexpectedly difficult? Like something that you were like, I did not think this was going to be hard, and now I'm sitting here like trying to figure it out. Um, the coordination for me, <laughs> I'm like a giraffe for God's sake. I'm like six six. So dancers are typically not that big ballroom um are like yeah they're tall but like i'm exceptionally tall for a, a dancer like at six six like but so that's probably my biggest challenge is the coordination and moving in speeds and timing with your partner um apart from that it's mostly the commitment um i was not expecting to be gone seven days a week like i was like can keep on going with my content stuff, you know, my fitness and my my hopefully travel and stuff. No chance, absolutely no chance. It's you're you're hundred percent chucked in this world, and you have to commit everything to it. Well, so you're a very focused and motivated person. Like clearly, you should have more your fitness content. But does that translate to like an edit to win it mentality? Like, are you in Dance of the Stars, and are you here to go for gold? I always people always ask me that question and it's never it's never that for me. It's always internal where I'm like, I wanna be better, I wanna improve, I wanna be better week on week and be the best I can possibly be. So when I see like uh when I get asked that question, it's so far in the distance, I don't think about it. I just think about I wanna be better and last week I wanna be the best I can possibly be. And like normally when I've done that in my life, like I've it's turned out very well for me, you know, like I didn't intend to go and have a great physique. Like I just intended to be better than I was yesterday, trying and stop being skinny, skinny, because that's why I grew up as a teenager. And I just wanted to put on a bit of extra muscle and stuff and kind of be normal um, because I was ridiculously skinny. Um, and then it just developed and I just competing against yourself. Like, so when I start to, I realize this, um, back when I was like cycling with my brother-in-law, he was so much better at cycling than me. And whenever I tried to compete with him, um, it just got me demotivated as hell. So when I, uh, I'm probably, well, I'm definitely not the best dancer in Dancing with the Stars. Like, so if I just went and said, uh, I'm in it, so in it, I want to uh, beat Jordan, I want to beat Eric, all those ones, then I would just lose motivation straight away because they're better at dancing than me. Um, but if I say I want to be better than I was yesterday, I want to be better than I was last week, then that's where I keep on motivated. And it's internal motivation just to be beat myself. Yeah, well, that's a great way to look at it. I suppose your main competition is always yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's a healthier mindset, in my opinion. My mom's the complete opposite. She just wants to beat everybody. Like she wants, She's <laughs> the most competitive person I've ever met in my life. Um, it works out okay for you. I'm sure she's blowing up the phone lines every week for you then. Oh, I, she's like, it's like a campaign trail, to be fair. <laughs> I don't know how much her phone bill is going to cost, but it's going to be expensive. 
they talking about your mentality and your like victory over confidence. That is something that I think a lot of people were really drawn to you when you were on Love Island. So mm-hmm. of course there was the like iconic we're done moment that everyone loved. <laughs> but I think the reason yeah. so many people loved that was because it showed a real confidence and self-assurance that a lot of people want to have in their own relationships. So were you like were you always like that? Or did it did you sort of have to build yourself up to that? I from a confidence perspective, no, I was never really that confident. Like I that that grew by just proving to myself by doing things. Um I would say first of all, the that the original confidence came from going from really, really skinny because like I was like if I showed you pictures, I was ridiculously skinny. Like you would stare at me like skinny. Um and then improving and turning my physique into people asking me how can you get in that shape type thing so that's where a lot of my confidence came from originally and then it was just doing facing my fears and uh, doing things most other people wouldn't do like like my brother's brother's uh wedding i was the best man i was like 20 or 19 or something and uh the rest of the groomsmen were all like 30 and stuff and they're like do you want to do you want us to do this speech instead? And they're doing speeches in front of 400 people. I was like, no, I'm doing it. And um, I wasn't taking the easy way out. Stuff like that there. And then I nailed that and that gave me more confidence. So that was a fear of mine, public speaking. And then after that, uh, heights was a big fear of mine. So I went and jumped off like this 10 foot cliff in the water. <laughs> and I swear to God, I felt like I was on top of the Empire State Building. Then straight after that, I jumped off a 60 footer cliff uh, <laughs> like the confidence it gives you straight after that I did a skydive I wasn't even nervous for it I just jumped off I think then like I'm still like fear fear is always going to be there but I just know I've got the confidence to overcome it and so that's that's I would say that's where my sort of self-assurance and confidence comes from it's the fact that I know I'm capable of doing it and I will do it and normally when I do something it's good enough like yeah so like you're saying too if you sort of for people that they want to build towards something, break it down into smaller goals. Like, don't go straight for the skydive, go for the cliffs and build your way up. Yeah, I mean, like, you could go for the skydive you want, like, it's, uh, it's up to you. Uh, I it just, I would say a happenstance, um, it happened like that. Like, obviously, people's fears are different. Like, skydive is very, like, literal thing where you could just go, or fear, like, heights is a very literal thing where you can just go, like, oh, I'll jump out of a plane. Um, but you can build that up. I mean, there's a lot of other fears which are a lot more like psychological, I suppose. Can't really think of any in my head, right? But um, breaking it down into smaller targets is definitely a good way to do it. It's like fitness as well. When you're trying to improve your body, you don't you don't go, oh, I want to have the best physique um, in Ireland right now. You go, I want to improve tomorrow. I want to hit all my calories and my macros today i want to progressively overload in the gym and things like that there and then you take it day by day so day time that confidence really like when a time that you probably really needed it was the sort of period from like coming out of love island to like back to reality again so like what Mm. is that transition like and how did you find it that is, that's a great question because I think a lot of people, I don't know what people think about this actually, whether they've actually thought about it or not. I'm assuming a few people have, but like what 
what what is it like coming out of the villa and um, you think you, you would think i'd be like ultra confident coming out of the villa because um you're like getting girls thrown themselves in and stuff like that mm-hmm. <laughs> and just that's like people like saying, yeah <laughs> and i know that's something i didn't mean it to be a bride but as no no we, we all know we all know the crack like yeah <laughs> exactly so it's like um and then people want to take photos with you and people like compliment you and blah blah, blah. But actually, it was uh, the opposite. It was like you kind of lose confidence coming out of the Um I was a more confident person before. I'm kind of building it back up now. Um, but I think it's just, I actually don't know what it is. But I, I think you kind of, you're in a different world in there. You're just thrown in a different world. You don't have access to any outside information about the outside world. You don't have access to time. You don't have access to the date. You don't have access to your own independence where you can go off and do your own thing and you can, um, you know, create your own schedule. You're, you're essentially taken back where you're a child again. You're told everything. Um, you're, you're told when to get up, when to go to sleep, when to eat things like that there so i think that kind of impacts you and then you're like in there and you're comparing yourself against every other guy in there as well like and it's quite a high bunch like (laughs) they're like flipping all very good looking talented people like um so you're comparing yourself and see when you start to compare yourself against others link it on to the previous point about the dancing and stuff like that there that's when you lose confidence. That's when you lose motivation. And, and it's ultimately a very unhealthy mental trait. So anytime I start to compare myself to others, I have to really get myself back in the year. So I think that's what I've learned. Um, and even outside of the thing, like I, you still compare yourself to others, but you're trying not to. You always click on. And then you're ultimately more happy. And more creative and you can do what you want like when you actually stick to your own ideals i think a lot of people respect the fact that respect people that actually are very themselves like as much as possible if that makes sense like it's individuality in today's society is actually worshipped a lot more like previous generations it wasn't but now like you see somebody different from the crowd people are like yeah that guy's cool yeah individuality and definitely I would say for you on the show was a uh, like a sense of like being genuine. Like it yeah. seemed like especially yeah. on Love Island show that's so like can seem so fake and so like construed. You're a real like breath of fresh air in that way. So like was that sort okay. of something that helped you through it as well? Yeah, yeah, that's a good good uh, point. Yeah, I um I think yeah I just went in there and I didn't have any expectations. I didn't apply for it, and I it was never my intention to go into TV. Um so like I went in, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna be myself as much as possible. If, if they don't like me, they don't like me. I'm gonna just go live in Thailand for the rest of my life or something. <laughs> <laughs> Since then you've been back from from the Love Island days, you make a lot of like motivational fitness content on Instagram and TikTok. Was that I suppose sort of natural t- transition because of what you're interested in and after like the sort of craziness of the villa and everything? Yeah, absolutely. It's not uh, it's not forced in any way, which I think people can tell. It's just like I enjoy that stuff. That's what mentality. I, I enjoy talking about like mentality in general because like your perception is your your reality. If you can if you can direct your mind in a certain 
way, then your life's going to be so much better because we see our our life through our mind, not through our eyes. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's our mind telling us what our eyes are seeing. Um, so if you think negatively, you wake up and think negatively, then you're going to have a negative day. If you wake up and intentionally be positive, you put in the place things that make you more positive. You're in the right environment. You're going to have a great day. Um, like I was thinking about that in the shower actually this morning. I was like, you know, every, I made a thing like a, a pledge, that sounds weird. Um, but yeah, kind of like a pledge to myself every morning. Uh, in the shower, I can only say or think positive thoughts. So it actually really helps when I start to do that. And like, it, like sometimes you wake up, but for some reason, me, I always think negatively. I don't know why. You think, uh, think it really positively because I'm a complete optimist. Like, um, but like I always catch myself like thinking negative thoughts and shit. And oh my lads curse whoops. But yeah, I ca- catch myself in the morning like thinking negatively and then I'm like I need to switch out of it. So I think the shower is a perfect time for me to do that because I always get like a morning shower. And yeah. Yeah, the mindset thing is so powerful. I think that's what a lot of people don't realize that it is like you don't just have to be a natural optimist. It's like sort of like fake it till you make it. That'd be the same too if you're having mm-hmm. a, like a bad thought where you're like oh I'm so tired like today's gonna be so bad you just have to be like stop doing that yeah like, you decide exactly. yeah, something that happens to you correct yourself out of it I, I heard some some guy on Instagram say once like just uh relax for like 10 minutes or five minutes and just think how many negative thoughts you think about yourself and then you'll realize why you're why you're in a bad mood you know what I mean um whereas if you intentionally just say i'm grateful for this i am this uh, and it's all positive then you're like your your mind's just gonna switch your mood's gonna switch it's very it's very quick as well to be honest like it's not like like it's gonna take years or days or whatever literally if you start thinking positive thoughts you're gonna have like a complete switch really quickly no definitely that's what's crazy about it but then I think definitely like the fitness element helps with that too. Like exercise just completely like unclogs your brain. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Exercise is brilliant. Like I, I'm so grateful to, to have been raised just exercising my whole life. Like, so um, it's, it's brilliant. I don't know how people don't exercise every day. I would go mental and it's just, it's what we're meant to be. We're meant to be active a species like so if we're sitting inside on a laptop all day not getting any fresh air staring at screens then ultimately you're going to be in negative mood like so yeah that that so especially for like now it's like end of january people are sort of starting to lose the year's resolutions for people that want to get into that better mindset and get a better relationship with fitness and health what would your advice be as someone who is doing so well in those areas, apart from following you on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say create a shorter deadline. So people do yearly goals. Uh, that's what I disagree with. I don't think you should do yearly goals. I think you should do quarterly goals, which is 12 weeks. 12 weeks is far enough to achieve your goals and it's short enough to be motivated the entire time. Um, so I would create smaller deadlines and get goals that you're actually excited about um, and really just 
stick to it. You have to remind yourself, even like our brains only capable of like keeping information for so long. So even if we've wrote our goals down um like at the start of the year, we'll forget about it very quickly because life just happens and you're getting like bombarded with information. So keep it on your phone, keep it on your screensaver, remind yourself all the time what your goals are, uh, assess them, how have you done uh, this week? Like, what should I improve next week? Make it really methodical. When you make your goals really methodical, it only takes like five minutes every day or every week um, to like assess your goals. Then you're going to be realigned. Uh, you'll be focused. You've got that deadline in 12 weeks. Mine's the 28th of March, which is the day after the Dancing with Stars final. So hopefully. <laughs> that would be a great end to 12 weeks, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that, like, but I'll try my best. Um, uh, and yeah, I think you have to have something to look forward to after that. Um, I'm, I am going to America after that. My sister's getting married. And then I'm going to hopefully try to get to Coachella. It'd be sick if I could get to Coachella. Oh, um, don't even. The lineup this year was like the best ever. I know. It's girls' fantasies. Like Harry Styles is the main actor. <laughs> well, send a hunt, send a hunt. But yeah, uh, I think you yeah, got to have something to look forward to. Your goals have to like excite you as well. Um, like... For the fitness side of things, like most people go into the year with goals to look better. So that's that's a good an easy one to link on to. You've got 12 weeks to look better. Um, you can assess that every week and you can have something to look forward to, which links with that. So like going on holiday, going on a beach, you want to look good being on the beach. So that's a good incentive. There you go. Well, there you go. That's like, that's just what we have to do then. The 12, uh, yep. You're doing that challenge on your Instagram, isn't it? The 12 week year. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So, um, 12 weeks, which is 84 days, it's day 23 now. Um, assess it every week. It's very simple. Just write down your goals, assess, uh, assess them every week, assess the execution of them every week, uh, which is the most important thing. So, you're not focused on the results, you're focused on the execution of the tasks, the critical tasks. So when you focus on getting as close to 100% on the execution of those weekly tasks, then you're going to ultimately get the result at the end of it. Well, there you go. So you've been doing all your fitness content. Excellent. Now you're dancing with the stars. Uh, is that sort of just your main focus right now? Or do you have any idea what you're going to be doing after that? Or is it just going to be the next opportunity oh, yeah. to say yes to? Yeah. And, well, I always do that. Like, you know, if it's fun, if it's a, if it's something that scares me, I'm always going to say yes to it. Uh, but I don't know, maybe I'm a celeb and stuff like that there. I'd be like, oh, God, I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> if you were on I'm a Celebrity, what would your, like, number one fear be? What, what would be the one thing that you were Claustrophobia. Like- Claustrophobia. Anything when I'm in tight spaces, I like, oh, my God. I'd, my heart just goes to 90. And I suppose for you, it's um, like, that's not even a very small space. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, after this this here, I've got uh, I'm actually looking at doing a, some sort of software where I can create like custom programs for people. And um, because I did release the eBooks and stuff, the guides, which are the same for everyone. They're general. There's a toning program and then there's the bulking program. So I like to make it custom because um, 
people do have specific needs, different lifestyles and stuff. Uh, so I like to make it a little bit more, you know, for that person. Uh, and then I am going to be traveling. I want to do a world travel series on YouTube. So I've got one of my best friends uh, in America. He's like an amazing videographer and uh, producer and stuff. So I think we're just going to go traveling and try and uh, get the travel series up on YouTube. I think Kim Card- keeping up with the Kardashians with Matthew. Candy Down version? <laughs> just replace the Kardashians with Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Be sure to follow Matthew on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everywhere on the stuff. Yeah, yeah. All those ones. Yeah, I got Twitter as well. Occasionally tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's all just at Matthew underscore McNabb, M-A-C-N-A-B-B. Perfect. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Matthew. And good luck with the rest of your dance in the stars journey. Thanks very much. I need it. <laughs> And I'm joined now by our deputy broadcaster. Yeah, I think that's the title. But if I don't know, then you don't need Mm. to know. So, well, in any case, it is the notorious Audrey Johnson. And so, anyone who is uh, big onto the Queen's radio Facebook pages might have read some of Odin's film reviews, which stunning, great work. Honestly, Mark Kermode wishes he was you. Thank you, thank you, all two people that have read them. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we're going to talk about some of the best films, well, the best and worst, some of the most notorious films of 2021, now that we're in the new year. Uh, so, oh, just let me a list. Apparently, you haven't even seen all of these. No, no, I haven't. But I, <laughs> I, I was looking through 2021, and I was thinking to myself, there's not actually that many films that have come out that have, you know, in terms of other years, you kind of think, like, there's a much longer list. And I feel like movies have that effect where you think there's so many more that have come out this year that haven't. Yeah, there probably is still a bit of a, like, COVID yeah. Backlog too, with there's a lot of things that didn't come out, or a lot of things that were supposed to come out and then didn't. Mm. Um. So yeah, I sort of agree with you. There wasn't like a huge amount of big ones this year. I suppose that in terms of like children's movies, the big one was Encanto, which you haven't seen. No, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard so many good things about it. It is. It actually is really fun. But then it's one of those things. Pixar is just like, I feel like they've got it like down to a T now. Like every movie is just so like emotionally poignant and like mm. soundtracks me as in everything about it is just like they're so good but like even saying that they have it down to tea it's never formulaic yeah like did you see uh soul <laughs> this is gonna say really bad no i haven't seen soul either i've heard loads of people talk about soul though and i remember i don't know my parents watched soul and they told me about it and i don't think they were too gone on it mm. but i've heard a lot of people say that it's a really good depiction of you know discovering life after death or whatever and making what life worth living and all this stuff so i know pixar obviously do something good that people keep coming back to them so yeah so it was good but it was i think encanto was definitely more for the kids like mm. so it was one of those ones where it's like it was good but i can't imagine like like children loving it encanto encanto at least from what i've seen looks like a child's version of the umbrella academy which <laughs> i kind of just think it's a bit mad but yeah that's such a great way of putting it but no it is my nieces love it it's really it's like usurped frozen like, they mm. don't care about Elsa and Anna anymore. Now it's all Mirabelle and Isabel. And what is the other? I can't even remember the other sister names. But yeah, Encanto's doing big things at the minute. Mm. But uh, in terms of uh, talking about children and visceral reactions to movies, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> I just don't know if that's the, the sort of the line you'd want to draw for. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I, I did see this one. So I have seen some films, thankfully. I I really liked this one. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to like it as much because I thought Marvel movies were kind of getting a bit boring and stale. I mean, they've been going on for, what, over 10 years now? So 
and there's not much of a difference between any of them. Like when you've seen one Marvel movie, for the most part, bar a certain few, you've kind of seen them all. But like this is kind of a bit of a different one because it incorporates so much stuff from beforehand and everything. So that was an amazing experience, especially when you went to a cinema for the first time, like after COVID and saw it with yeah. a big crowd. Yeah. Did your, like, I feel like everyone's sort of seen TikToks of like cinemas <laughs> with people like freaking out. Like when you went to see it in the cinema, was there like a big... Was there like big audience reactions to yeah. Yeah, certain no, moments? See, I live for that though. I love that stuff at the cinema. I know people hate, some people hate going to the cinema and having like anyone shout or scream at them. They're like, yeah. I'm like, you should watch at home if you're going to do that. Like, I mean, I regularly sit down and those, you know, those YouTube videos of people like reacting to films or whatever. Yeah. I will watch those to know. And those are my guilty pleasure for things to watch online. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love being in the cinema and having people, you know, scream and shout. Like the last time I had that was with Endgame for Avengers. Yeah. which was the same sort of energy there. And it was just, oh, it's an amazing atmosphere. I loved it. I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, everything. It's like you're saying, it, it felt so, like, I feel like you don't get experiences like that, especially after COVID. Mm. But, like, it was so, like, everyone was so in it. Like, everything that happened, it was like, you could feel the tension. Yeah. And, yeah, it was great. I loved it. But, as like you're saying, I feel like, I like Spider-Man No Way Home, but, like, it's been done. Like, I don't need <laughs> any, like, Marvel to start coming and doing, like, loads of, like iterations of or like trying to do the same thing if you know what i mean with like other franchises yeah yeah well i mean i don't know if we'll see that i think they're kind of leaning into this whole multiverse stuff now or whatever so maybe they'll start chucking a load of stuff I in there be saying, but whoever invented the marvel multiverse <laughs> needs a pay rise because please like that has opened up the biggest world of content for them <laughs> yeah. like even have you seen did you ever watch a what if yeah i saw that yeah Really like, good. Literally, the concept of the show is just like when they started doing the multiverse, because like my brother would be very into Marvel and he was like, now they could, like, I was like, now they can just do anything. And the concept of what if, for the for people that haven't seen it, it's called what if, and it's literally just what if. It's like in the <laughs> multiverse, every possible iteration of the multiverse exists, so anything can happen. Yeah. And then what if is like, what if, like, Black Widow was left handed instead of right handed? <laughs> And then, like, oh, my God, the whole multiverse is different now. <laughs> I'm glad to know that that's the furthest it can go in the multiverse is if she's left-handed <laughs> instead of right-handed. I think, I think, though, in general, I think it's a good way because, obviously, with Marvel properties, at least for a while, they've been really split up. Even we see it now, like, Sony still owns Spider-Man whenever he goes over into the Marvel stuff. There was, I remember there was a whole controversy behind it before where he may not have more Spider-Man movies in the MCU because of this whole stuff with Sony, but... I mean, it's a good way now because obviously Disney have bought Fox and all that, so they get like the X-Men, Fantastic Four, all that. So that'll probably be how they'll incorporate those characters into the movies in the future, I think. Yeah, I, I do enjoy Duncan and Marvel a wee bit, but it is fun. They are good, like, they are good crack. Oh yeah, for sure. But then moving on from Marvel, there was also the, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad yeah. being an important iteration to differentiate it from Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's actually, it's funny enough because it, it just shows how like, even if you go outside of Marvel, like how sort of intertwined superhero genre is because it's it's a movie by James Gunn, who obviously most people know for having directed Guardians of the Galaxy films. Yeah. Um, And like, as you mentioned, it is a big important <laughs> distinction to mention it's the Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad, because the original film was just so absolutely appalling. Like nobody yeah. enjoyed it, but this one is a complete flip turn like you know everything is amazing about it great cast i mean margot robbie's always fantastic in those films anyways mm -hmm. but then you've got like idris elba john cena who's surprisingly all right in this film who i don't really think is a generally a good actor review there. yeah john cena is quote surprisingly all right <laughs> yeah i don't know it's uh, john uh, john cena to me is like the equivalent of like the rock in films it's like i kind of enjoy him being in them but i don't think he adds anything to them mm-hmm 
Plus, he, he's never he's never a character. Like, The Rock is always <laughs> The Rock. John it's just, Cena yeah. is John Cena. Every movie he's in, I don't care what, what name he has in the credits, like, they're always playing themselves. Yeah. Well, it's like, th- that's the thing. It's like, those films, like, uh, like The Rock and everything. Like, I'm pretty sure there is a genre for just The Rock and Kevin Hart films. Like, there might as well be at this stage. But it's like, there's certain actors who just, like, they're just themselves. Like, Ryan Reynolds is a perfect example of this. Like, he's mm-hmm. just himself in every film. There's no, like, nuance to Ryan Reynolds' characters. It's just him. Yeah. But it's all good crack, so if it's not broke, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of things that might not be broke, uh, that was such a bad transition, and I just <laughs> I just said that because it was the last thing I said. Uh, 007, No Time to Die. Did you did you see that one? Already? I have seen this one, yeah. What did you think of that as the finale to Daniel Craig's? I, I'm very torn on the whole, like, Daniel Craig sort of era of James Bond because on one hand I think he has some of the best 007 movies like Casino Royale and Skyfall Skyfall particularly I think it's really Skyfall. really good but then like Quantum of Solace and um, what's the other one Spectre I think are just terrible mm-hmm. this is lying somewhere in the middle for me I like out of the five I think it's my third favourite yeah. um, it's definitely a new approach to a James Bond film because the James Bond films have never been this thing where it's like uh, like you could go into any James Bond film and enjoy it for what it is, but these ones I feel like you kind of need to at least know a little bit of the movies beforehand, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if I've been won over to that formula yet for James Bond because I I don't really see it as this sort of thing I go in trying to think about oh what happened Inspector and this that and the other, but it, you know it was a fun experience. It was a different take on James Bond as well, which I always appreciate. And I mean I'm ha- I'm looking forward more so now to see what they're going to do next. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I think it was a good way to wrap it up. But I do agree with you. I think there's a fun element of like <laughs> like James Bond that in the fact that it's self-contained, yeah. like every like having a different movie where there's a familiar character or like a recurring character, and then there's like a new thing. So I, I, like no time did I I did like it. I thought it was a good way to wrap it up, but it was very like it was very serialized mm. compared to other iterations of Bond. So I like I agree with you. I think it'll be fun to see what happens next. Who mm. would you like to see? As Bond, as the new one, if you see, could pick. I am a big topic. believer in the Idris Elba for James Bond. I want Idris Elba to be James Bond. But I know a lot of people saying, oh, he's on the older side or whatever. I don't care if he's that old, so like he can do it anyways. But if that was the case, maybe Tom Hardy. I think. I he, heard yeah. Tom Hardy. I'd like to see Tom Hardy. I think, I don't know. There's something about Tom Hardy as a guy that kind of makes him feel like he'd be very suited to that role if he played yeah. it. Because um, I think there is always like... Um, especially with actors like that like I never got behind the whole Pierce Brosnan as James Bond I just thought he was a bit like Pierce Brosnan was the guy I knew from like Mamma Mia so seeing him in James Bond was kind of weird and I think there is always a like it's difficult to separate the actor from the actual character James Bond I feel like um like as the same with like I can't see Tom Holland in anything else other than Spider-Man so I mean Idris Elba seems like he's fit into that role Tom Hardy also has that idea but I mean there's a few other names knocking about so I mean I would be fine with whatever just so long as it's interesting and it makes me go back to the cinema. Yeah, I do think it would be nice to see... There is a lot of big names being thrown about, but I think it would be nice to see like someone relatively unknown. Hmm. Like Daniel Craig. Is Because it, it's like you were saying, when someone becomes like a big, iconic character like that, like that's sort of what they're known as. Yeah, so my, like, yeah, my favourite one was seeing... Um, when we were talking about earlier, like The Rock was tipped at one point to play James Bond. And I just thought, yeah, what an unbelievably weird form of casting that would be if The Rock just rocked up as James Bond. That would be like an SNL sketch. <laughs> yeah, if, for if The sure. Rock played Bond. <laughs> I, can, I can't even imagine Wayne trying to do, or Dwayne trying to do a British accent. No. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that. He's not the one. Uh, other, other movies we had this year. Oh, speaking of the start of a series. 
<laughs> got a got a got a wee transition there. Uh, Dune, Dune came out, and Dune had very mixed reviews. Mm. Me and my boyfriend nearly fell out of it coming out of cinema because he loved it, and I was definitely a bit more on the fence about it. What do you think of it, Jordan? Uh, yeah, see, I I think I'm in a sort of a, a unique position where I knew nothing about Dune. Like, I know loads of people have always mentioned Dune as this big sci-fi epic or whatever. I'd never seen the original film, never read the book. So when I went into it, I was kind of like, you know what, I'll I'll make what I make of it. And I knew going into it, it was going to be part one of two. So I was already, I know a lot of people had a big problem with that. They were like, oh, well, I didn't know it was going to be a two-parter. And then there was people giving out that Zendaya wasn't in it enough. And, you know, I, I don't know, I wasn't going in any for any particular reason to see one actor or actress on screen. So I was fine with whatever. I thought it was good. I think it's a little, I don't know, the music is a bit much at times. That's the only problem I had with it. I feel like, I think that's a very indicative thing of Hans Zimmer whenever he does a score is that, because mm-hmm. it's always very, it's very prevalent in the Nolan films as well. You can never hear what people are saying because Hans Zimmer is just like blasting every instrument he can find over the over the speakers. But I thought I thought Dune was good. I, I'll definitely go and see the second one. It's not something that I came out with and had an extremely long lasting impression on. It was just something I went and enjoyed and came out. But I think... It's definitely, for spectacle alone, it's a very good film. Um, whether the story holds up or whatever, I'm sure it does. I think people gave out saying it wasn't a bit action-packed enough. I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for all that nerdy sort of space politics stuff, so it kind yeah. of suit me to World a T. Building. Yeah, so I was I was all on for that. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, and obviously it did divide some people, so I'm looking forward to see how the second one kind of deals with that. And Timothy Chalamet, I feel like people, he was like, people have mixed, ideas of his performance in Dune because I because when I went to see it too I was like mm. are we ready to see like is this Timothy Chalamet's action debut <laughs> like couldn't really imagine him in the role but then I thought he was he was interesting was this wee like space prince turned yeah. space With, travel in fairness <laughs> in fairness Timothy Chalamet's role in the the film is this almost like messiah-like figure probably suits him a little bit because he is just unbelievably unfairly good-looking so I don't think that's allowed in certain senses for anyone else. But I, I've also like, he's another actor I can't separate from previous roles. Like I always think of him in Little Women and I kind of think, oh, that's just Timothy Chalamet. Like that's his sort of, you know, when you put actors into a little box of like, oh, they do these sort of like romance yeah. things or whatever. But he's actually really good in this. I've, I mean, I mean, props to him. He's a really good actor in general. So I was more than happy to see him take up that role. And, and then again, other likes of actors like Zendaya um jason momoa was in it as well for a bit as well so i think all of them were fine uh oscar isaac as well i think is a is one i particularly was a bit blown away by because i only knew him previously from the the star wars reboot film so i was kind of like oh yeah i'll see what he's like but yeah no he goes into this role very well and i think i always feel bad for oscar isaac because i feel like he's quite a good suited character for anything he's in but he always gets handed really poor material Mm -hmm. but in dune it was the complete opposite so it was nice to see him get something that he was good with yeah, definitely. He really, I was because I was saying I hadn't really seen him except much for Star Wars, mm. but yeah, Sam was really blown away by that. But then moving on to one, I absolutely loved, 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 loved this. I literally, it was one of, one of them. You know, when you go to the cinema and see something, and you literally want to stay in the seat and hope they'll put mm. it on again. French Dispatch. <laughs> that see, this is one I haven't seen either yet, but I know, like I, funnily enough, I'm a big Wes Anderson fan. I just I never got around to seeing it, and I think. Um, Maybe I wasn't so keen on going to see this one because I'm a big fan of the animation style of a lot of his stuff. Mm, so Fantastic I was, Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Ghost Fox, Isle of Dogs, all that stuff I'm really big into. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely have to give this one a look to be sure. Um, what did you think of it anyways? Loved it. And it, it is a thing, it was another one that had mixed reviews. 
but if you're a Wes Anderson fan, you'll love it. Because that was, mm. I think that was why it had mixed reviews. It is like, some of the, some of the reviews said it was a bit, um, what's the word, self-indulgent on Wes Anderson's part. Like, it's very Wes Anderson. Like, mm. every, it's like, a, it's almost like a party of a Wes Anderson movie because it's so Wes Anderson. Mm. But I loved it. It was all over the place. Because it's sort of in like a, it's in like a short story format. So it's very, like, obviously his, like, style of filmmaking is very quick anyway. So yeah. there's a lot of, like, cuts, short scenes, and, like, visual stuff. But because it's in, like, a, a, it's in that sort of short story format, the whole thing's really, really quick. But I love that. It's very, like, it was really, like, you're sitting in the cinema, and I was, like, so, like, engaged. Like, my brain was so on the whole time because everything was just going at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Which, again, if that's sort of thing, it's definitely, it's definitely not, like, easy viewing if you were sitting down, like, after... Like after a long week of work, we glass of wine and all. It's not the one. Like put on Love Island because <laughs> your head's gonna be blown. But yeah, it was really really good. So if anyone is a Wes Anderson fan, like yourself, Adrian, would definitely recommend that. And what else do we talk about? Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think that's our last big one for this year. Yeah. Uh, did you see that? I did see it, and it was one of those weird ones because it um it was originally obviously meant to come out in October, you think, because Ghostbusters Halloween sort of yeah trailer, but came out in December. Because it got delayed for a bit. You know what? There's a lot of people that were given out about it, but I actually found it quite good. Um, it's, I mean, the acting in it is, you know, decent. It's a good comedy film. It's something, again, you know, it's a complete opposite to the Wes Anderson thing you were on about. Like, you could literally go yeah. in after a weekend, just sit down and watch this and have a good time. Um, I went to see it with a group of friends, and some of them were really big into Ghostbusters. Now, I've only ever seen the first one, mm-hmm. um, and I watched it again there recently just before going to see it. But, you know, it has some you know, probably generic callbacks to the old one and there's like the whole final act is pretty much the exact same as the first film. But in all honesty, though, it's, it's a it's a decent enough film to go and see. And I think it got an unfair amount of flack, as most of these things do, considering they're part of this huge franchise that I know a lot of weirdos online have a big affinity to. So it was just like, uh, like the original, I remember the reboot in 2016, which in fairness is God awful, got a lot of flack. But so bad. this one had probably a more monumental task of trying to, continue on a loving franchise whilst also making something new. And I think they did it quite well. And, you know, some people are never going to be happy, but I think they did a good job. Yeah, well, it's, it's good to talk about this, especially as we're going to... Uh, I'll bring up a few movies that are scheduled to come out in 2022 hmm. and see what you think of them. But how do you feel about the whole remake reboot situation? Because a lot of people get really riled about it. And I myself, I have divided opinions. So how do you feel about a good a good remake? I see. I don't. I don't particularly mind too much because this is a big thing in media in general. Like whether it's with games or uh, or with TV or with um, films. Like there's always going to be remakes and reboots and stuff. It most of the time they're just reinterpretations of the same material. So like I mean we've been doing that for ages. There's always going to be new films with new properties. Anyways, you just need to look for it. Um, I mean, I, I mean to be honest, you know, I'm the same. Per- I'm the person who watches Muppets Christmas Carol every Christmas. So for me to give out about watching the same thing over and over again, whether it's different, would be a complete another you know, just like me having a hand but like at the same time you know i'm not too big on the whole i don't really care too much either way yeah if it's you know what if it's if it's if it's doing the job it's doing the job if it makes people happy it makes, it people, makes happy. people happy let people live their lives like let's not be media snobs about the whole situation <laughs> me saying that probably as soon as we start reading out some of these new things they're gonna be like <laughs> that's brutal if you if you go and say that then get live <laughs> well uh the new scream is out that's mm. going to be a big remake. I actually really want to say that. I agree with you, though, because it's the same thing with Ghostbusters, because I remember thinking that was weird timing, sort of mm. weird timing in, like, January for a Scream movie to be coming out. Yeah, I mean, again, I've never seen the original Scream. I'm not a big horror person. Like, I'll watch it or whatever every time and then, but, like, you know, I, I know I'm a big wussy. 
was it the best of times so like honestly the like horror movies are never my thing like sit me down with a good rom-com instead and i'll be happy but like the um yeah scream is one that's obviously a very like iconic horror property same with halloween which is another thing we probably get onto because they've had their whole like yeah i think there's another one coming out series coming out recently but yeah no you know what i mean horror is a weird thing because i think people go into it not really expecting much out of it Mm -hmm. but if you see a good horror movie you're like it's a like it's not just a good horror movie like it's a really good film in general yeah um and it's always one of those genres as well along with i suppose sci-fi and i suppose superhero movies to a certain extent that gets kind of overlooked in the public eye for being decent cinema but you know what i mean i haven't seen it i haven't heard many people talk about it so who knows yeah well here's one i said to you about because you are into your online gaming <laughs> the online games the world of the online games <laughs> Sorry, can't relate. Minecraft was as far as it ever got for me. But uh, there's that un- Uncharted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever play the Uncharted game? I, I tried to play the Uncharted games when I heard the movie was coming out. Um, And it's good that we brought this up because I mentioned earlier I can never see Tom Holland in anything else other than Spider-Man. And you know, this was a really interesting conversation that happened with people who are really big into the Uncharted franchise as a game when they were like, oh, the main character, Nathan Drake, or whatever Tom Holland's playing, yeah. like, looks nothing like the actual character in game because he's based off of well they don't they say they don't say it officially but it is very much based off you remember the actor nathan fillion yeah um like i mean he was approached for the role a while back and i think he didn't take it at the time because he wasn't big into the whole idea of voice acting games but a lot of people are saying like oh he doesn't look like him and the guy who plays sully mark Wahlberg, they're always like oh he doesn't look like him either and people are kind of getting you know, a bit annoyed about the fact that it's probably not an accurate rec- like recreation of the film. Don't know until it comes out. But yeah. I mean, from the perspective of, I think, a film studio and trying to market something like Uncharted, which to be honest, unless you played the games, you're not going to care about. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like a generic sort of national treasure style film anyways. So, I mean, they're probably going for something like that. And if you don't have a huge property that people will automatically recognize, you might as well try and lean into the big name actors at that stage. Yeah, start marketing that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it does, though. I'll definitely go and see it. Um, It could be just... At the moment, I'm thinking it's going to be bang average, though, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't look great. But Tom Holland's in it, and he's good-looking. And good-looking people can do whatever they want. (laughs) Speaking of good-looking people being able to do whatever they want, uh, what about Robert Pattinson as Batman? I feel like that's going to get people riled, because people are going to see... Oh, my God! Edward Cullen from the Twilight franchise. Yeah. Women are taking up for Batman. I, I love Robert Pattinson. I, I think he's so unreal, funny. yeah. Did you see The, the Lighthouse? Oh, God, I was and about to say, I'm still traumatized from his performance oh on that. Crazy. <laughs> I went to see, funny enough, I went to see that one of my friends and we were like, oh, we knew nothing about it going into it. And again, it's not, I suppose it is horror in a sense, it's psychological horror, but it was just like, we went into it and we were like, oh yeah, Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, those are good actors, I really like them. Went in, I went in, it's like, what is this bullshit, like, Instagram <laughs> filter looking thing here? And it's like, black and white, go into it, watch it. And it's like, what's going on? Like one minute, like, you know, they're at a lighthouse. The next, like one of them's jerking off in a cabin. It's just like, yeah. it's going all places. And it's, you know, I came out of it. And I think I've probably blanked out that time of my life at this stage. And I, and every time I get sent something about it, I'm like, please don't remind me of that film. Uh, being said, it's probably like, it is a very good film. I'm doing it a lot of injustice here. But um, Robert Pattinson's Batman is, is an interesting one because again, I don't really... Like, the Batman movies that I watched, especially, I think I grew up pretty much with the Nolan trilogy of, like, Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, oh. all that. And those movies are always good because of, like, the villains in them. I don't think any time... Well, maybe the first one is probably better, but, like, 
for just like Christian Bale, but like everyone remembers Heath Ledger, everyone remembers Tom Hardy as Bane or whatever. At least that's my interpretation of them. But I've ne- I never thought Christian Bale was a very good Batman. He just kind of like walks around somberly, and maybe that is the character of Batman. But Robert Pattinson's one, I feel like, could add something new to it. So also has the added benefit of this being like the first live action movie that's like not doing an origin style thing. It's kind of like a year into his mm-hmm. time as Batman. So. I mean, it looks like it's, like, I think what was it, the director came out recently and said like he got a lot of inspiration off Nirvana, which I mean is pretty obvious considering all the trailers have that song in it and it looks like a Nirvana music video every trailer. But I mean, I'm all on for that, you know, so I mean, bring it on in March, it'll be a good month. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. And then in May 2022, I uh, I know you are definitely, counting down to this one, Audrey, Legally Blonde 3. Oh, yeah. Definitely on my list. I didn't even know there was a second one. <laughs> there is a second one. It is extremely... Oh, actually, no, I'm lying. Because I'm thinking of... There was a Legally Blonde spin-off, which is about twins. I haven't watched that. <laughs> Very weird. But no, Legally Blonde 2 is... Uh, Elle Woods is like... I think it's just her like living her life as a lawyer. Mm. Uh, it doesn't really say what it is, but there was tweets circulating about Legally Blonde 3 saying that it was going to be like... Elle Woods as a lawyer and then she like decides to run for the Senate so like I, I'm so, already on board with this already yeah Yeah, and J- Jennifer Coolidge is going to be in it so yeah. and like Reese Witherspoon so it's going to be a proper like everyone's back I feel like in fairness I haven't seen the film but as someone who did law for their undergrad you know like I feel like I've probably met about five girls in my course who probably encapsulate Legally Blonde so yeah. you know, I'll go in with that attitude they're full on bodies and then finally, we were talking about um, Spider-Man: The Way Home, mm. but the big post-credit scene, I think, for that was the Doctor Strange yeah, one. Yeah, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Uh huh. So what? There's so many theories flying about about this Doctor Strange business. Mm. Uh, again, sorry for anyone that's not a big Marvel fan, but uh, Marvel's really they're really dominating. They are seriously dominant right now, but. They are, like the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. How do you feel about that? Are you excited to see it? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I say yeah. I mean, I am very much looking forward to see it. It's probably the one I'm most anticipating for next year in terms of Marvel properties. Um, are they serious? Sorry, God, where's it going? Um, but yeah, no, I. It, it's cool because we mentioned What If earlier. Like, I mean, one of the characters from that is from What If, so they're obviously going to be adapting a load of that stuff, which was in an animated style into into real life now so that'll be interesting to see how they do that but i mean by all accounts it looks like something that's going to be interesting i was never a big fan of wandavision um although i did sit that's through all of it well that's gonna have people in the dms <laughs> that's gonna have death threats people <laughs> loved wandavision to be fair i haven't seen it and i do really want to watch it yeah but, but no I, I i was never a big fan of it so i was kind of waiting to see what would happen with wanda afterwards and she's obviously going to be in this film as well um i mean it, it's difficult to say because there's so little on it so far. There's a lot of theories, as you mentioned, going about. But at the time, like, I mean, you could spend all your day looking at theories for Marvel movies. And I probably did that when, like, the original ones were coming out a bit more. But mm. I've kind of laid off a little bit. And I just kind of see what comes out. I don't even generally watch the trailers for them anymore. I'm just like, oh, if it comes out, it comes out and I'll watch it. Yeah. Well, Ocean, thank you so much for talking to me today. And definitely very excited for all the cinema trips in 2022 because we're going to be fueling Disney's <laughs> Marvel's franchise, no <laughs> doubt. But definitely looks like there's going to be a lot of good things coming out. So thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for having me on. And to finish up this week, I am going to give you some of the new new album or new single releases that are out this week. 
Uh, we'll sort of out the month of January because this is our first episode back, so we have a whole month to talk about. And it's actually been like a relatively okay month for music. January is quite depressed and I feel like people don't want to release stuff in January because everyone is just depressed and bored and not in the mood for boogieing. But if you are in the mood for boogieing, then guess what? The Weekend releases album and it is so unbelievably great. It actually is so unreal. And again, was that a very intelligent music music opinion? No, that's my analysis. It's unreal. But it does make me wonder, like, do you ever listen to The Weeknd and think, like, what does The Weeknd have sex to? Because everyone else has sex to The Weeknd. So he's not doing, like, I like to think he's not doing it to his own songs. But seriously, that's the vibe. Get it added to the Steamy playlist right now. Steamy playlist or the Boogie playlist, depending on how you're feeling. Uh, his whole new album is great. Even though I do sort of beef with The, the, with the Weeknd because he cancelled his tour. Anyone that had tickets for his stadium tour... You're going to know what I'm on about. He was like, yeah, I, I want to do a stadium tour. So I'm going to cancel. Or no, he was like, I want to do an arena tour. So I'm going to cancel all my stadium dates. But uh, what can I say? I'd say if he does do a concert, it'll be unreal. So hopefully he comes back fast. Uh, other albums are out. Years and Years. For anyone that knows Years and Years, their new album is called Night Call. And they have that song with Kylie Minogue and performing with Kylie Minogue on New Year's Eve and everything. So that was actually great. I do really want to listen to that album because Years and Years has bops. Another artist who has bops, Charlie XCX, beg for you. Literally, Charlie XCX sends me to a different dimension of reality. She makes me think that I am so good looking and that's all you want. Uh, on the more indie side of things, there's Twin Atlantic. Twin Atlantic are actually really, really good. If anyone likes like Five Seconds of Summer sort of vibe, like Twin Atlantic are good. They're like rock, but they're not like really like, they're not like Screamo going to blow yours out. Sorry to anyone that enjoys Screamo. Uh, Muse also have a new album, Won't Stand Down, uh, Fickle Friends, Mitski. I was talking about January being depressing. If anyone wants to submerge themselves in complete and utter depression or need some fresh songs for the cry playlist, then Mitski's going to be the girl to go to. And uh, other albums, we have Grimes. Does anyone listen to Grimes? <laughs> Sorry, don't don't have beef with me, Elon Musk stands. But um, her album has a really, really really bad ratings so um but you know what she is rich so it's okay uh speaking of people that have sort of fell off fell off the fell off the bandwagon Lil Pump remember when Lil Pump was like such a big deal he has new songs out uh 10 10% user score out of 100 so reviews aren't great wouldn't really bother listening to that one but if you're a Lil Pump fan then it's out Charlie Puth has new music really I actually really love Charlie Puth I think he's incredibly underrated so I'm going to have to listen to that. Uh, Charlie Puth also has perfect pitch. Don't know if anyone knew that. Like if you said to Charlie Puth, like Charlie Puth sing E flat, he'll be like, no, nah. like sing E flat. Someone, someone test and see if that was E flat. Actually imagine it was. Uh, Christina Aguilera apparently has new music. I'm literally, this is really embarrassing. I'm literally sitting reading this off my phone. I'm like telling you all the new music. I'm like finding it out. We're going on this journey together. And, oh, and finally for anyone who is into K-pop, and watched Island. Uh, Island was basically like the K-pop version of Love Island. Even if people that aren't in K-pop, I would actually really recommend watching Island because it's such a phenomenal show. It's like Love Island, but like for for being in a K-pop band, so people have to like basically like compete in this like in this like Big Brother style reality show, and the people that get to the end get to be in a band, a K-pop band. 
and make K-pop songs and all the challenges are like K-pop things. They have to like do challenges and like the losing team, someone goes home. It's so dramatic and so crazy. But N-Hyphen is the band that was formed from the last season of Island and N-Hyphen are actually pretty good. And yes, so they debuted after their season of Island and they have new music out. And a new season of Island is set to be starting soon. So yes, all in all, I hope there was a bit of something for everyone there. And I'm sorry uh, to all the grime stands if I offended you. <laughs> but overall, big recommendation is going to be The weekend. Big non-recommendation is going to be Lil Pump. And that is the new music rundown for this week. That is it for this episode of The Trendy Scoop. Thank you so, so much for listening. And of course, thank you to all of our amazing guests for this episode. Thank you to Matthew McNabb. And remember to vote for Matthew in Dance with the Stars Ireland. If anyone has the Euros to spur, then give that man a vote. We want to see him in the final of Dance with the Stars Ireland. And we'll be like, oh my God, he was on The Trendy Scoop. So yes, remember to vote for Matthew. And thank you to Matthew for coming on the show. And of course, thank you so much to Oda Johnson. Loved our chat about film and uh, can't wait for for to see everything that's coming up in the next few weeks and of course thank you to the number one the OG the superstar Robin Maddox for being with me here in the studio and also for editing the show and for all of her amazing work honestly love her with all of my heart and the show would not exist if it was not for her existence so thank you so much to Robin and to everyone at Queen's Radio I've been your host Claudia Savage and make sure to tune in next week on the Trendy Scoop <laughs>